Hello there, my name is Brad. We are grace teaching today. God is not the author of confusion. Boy, I had a lot of confusion in the church. You know, when I was born again and I was enrolled, you know, I I went through the whole steps of, you know, trying to find a ministry in the church and you know, it was a mega church, and so, you know, they needed a lot of help, so there was no problem finding a place to go in there, and and so I end up going into the youth, the youth, and um, I end up doing some teaching there, and, and uh, helped out the youth group, and so that, that was a lot of fun, you know, and there came that time where I had a desire to even take it further, and maybe even become a youth pastor, so I went to the pastor of the youth group, and I, I sat down with him, and I said, you know, I'm interested in becoming a pastor. I'm a youth pastor. What, what's all involved, and how do I get there? And uh, because I was ready. You see, I was ready to go right now. And it was like I was ready for him to put a, put a you know, um, an okay, you know, just because I had a desire to do it. He, but, you know, that wasn't the case. He, uh, he told me what was involved and what he had to go through. He told me that he had to go through seminary training for four years and um, get his master's degree and his uh, ordained ministry um, certificate. And so he went on and on and on about that, and I was overwhelmed immediately because, of course, um, I was a no-hoper. I, I didn't even finish high school. In fact, I was sitting in to get my GED, and, uh, you know, and I hadn't been in school for 20 years, and I had forgotten everything that I, you know, studied in high school, and so I had to take the course that actually prepares you for the test, and they take you through this class, and you learn a lot, the basics, and I told the teacher in that classroom, I raised my hand, and he said, yes, can I help you, Brad? And I said, yeah, I don't understand this. And he said, what do you mean you don't understand? What don't you understand? I says, I don't understand any of it. In fact, it was so confusing to me, so difficult. I had such a difficult time with school. And so as far as doing that, I just decided to that it would be best if I dismissed myself from that classroom. And I actually just walked right out. You know, I was just, and I was a born again believer. Well, time went on. I was led into the care, you know, and uh, care centers and as a caregiver. And I started helping people in that area as a believer. And, uh, you know, I really felt led by the Holy Spirit as a child of God to go and do that work. In fact, I'm still doing that. It's been since the year 2000. It is now 2020. So it's been 20 years that I've been doing that work and by God's grace. So I'm really thankful for that. But uh, in between there, you know, I, I think I was maybe 10 years into it, and uh, I saw a ministry that I really thought I would like to go into, and that was actually working for hospice as a hospice chaplain. And so, you see, I have this desire in me. The Lord has put this desire in me to teach and, and uh, help people, and... Uh, and so I, I sat down with him, the chaplain, uh, uh, the hospice chaplain that used to come into the care center that I worked in. And I asked him the question. I said, so if I wanted to be a chaplain for hospice, what exactly would I have to do? 
And oh my gosh, he, he sat down and he says, well, you're, you're gonna have to go to about eight years of school, at minimum seven, you know, of seminary and, um, you, know, theolo- you know, theology training. And, and again, I was overwhelmed, overwhelmed. And I just was frustrated because I knew deep down in my heart, I could never be a minister. You know, ministry is our topic. And so Paul said this. I was, I was really confused. I was really confused and I didn't understand why I couldn't, you know, do what I had a desire to do as an early believer. 1 Corinthians 14.33 tells us, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. You see, all I ever heard was, you need to do this, you need to do that. It was just a bunch of doo-doo. You need to go to seminary. You need to, you know, do some theology studies, courses. And so I heard a lot of doo-doo in order to become. I never heard the message of in Christ. And so, because of this confusion, I was mixing law with grace, as you might be. Law, very simply, is just me trying in my self-sufficiency, trying to live the Christian life, trying to get forgiven, trying to get right, trying to get loved by God or gain His love through my performance, always reaching up to God through self-effort in hopes of gaining His love. You know, that's the law, living a self-sufficient life, trying to gain His love. You see, that's not grace. Grace is trusting Christ, trusting that we're forgiven because of what he did for us. He took our sins, trusting that we're alive spiritually in Christ, made alive, given the right to be called children of God. The unrighteousness was exchanged for his perfect righteousness because God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God Righteousness in the Greek language is dikaios, and it means to be right in God's sight. Did you know every believer in Christ is a minister already? At the moment of your conversion, you became a minister. You didn't have to do anything. All you did was receive Christ by grace through faith. And at that moment, you became a minister. Paul encourages us in the body of Christ at Corinth in his first letter when he says, But God chose the foolish things of the world. God chose the weak things of the world. You see, that's good news because then he goes on to say in his second letter to the Corinthians, and this includes us, as we'll see, he says, Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as if it were coming from ourselves, But our adequacy comes from God who made us adequate to be ministers of this new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. The letter kills, the Spirit gives life. It was the very life of Christ that qualified us to be ministers of this new covenant. Folks, how can, why can we apply this in our life if we're in Christ? Very simply, anyone in Christ is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. 
as we'll see in 2 Corinthians 5.17, just a little bit farther ahead in the Apostle Paul's letter as he's addressing the same church in Christ at Corinth. He addresses them as new creatures, but we are as well. You know, God's ministers, you know, we're, we look at the Apostle Peter and the Apostle John, and what makes them apostles is they witness the resurrection. When Christ rose from the dead, they actually saw him. And so that's what an apostle is. It's not something you do. not something you earn. It's just something they witnessed. You know, they were not educated. John and the Apostle Peter, both of them were not educated. By the time uh, Peter met and joined Jesus, he was already married. Mark 1.30. He lacked any formal education. That means, folks, he did not have any education. He did not go to school. He might not even have known how to read or write. But he had no formal education, Acts 4.13. And he worked the fishing nets with his father and his brother Andrew at the lakeside town of Capernaum. Andrew also joined the group of Jesus' disciples on the same day that Peter did. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees, this is found in Acts chapter 4, verse 1. Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. Remember, they, they were, they've witnessed the resurrection of Christ. Now they're sharing that Christ is alive. Christ has risen. And this is the message they're proclaiming. But the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people, in verse 13, they realized that they were unschooled. Ordinary men. They were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. That's Acts chapter 4, verse 1 and 13. Folks, they were just ordinary men like us. They were unschooled. They had no training. You know, they didn't have seminary. They didn't even have a Bible. They didn't know a bunch of scripture. They hadn't meditated on scripture and memorized scripture. They witnessed Christ risen from the dead. That was their message. Are you in Christ? Did you know that whoever's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him? Continuously one. That's That makes us witnesses. We are witnesses to the resurrection. According to John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18, Mary, we all know Mary Magdalene and her story. She had seven demons. Jesus casted out the demons out of her. And she started following him before the cross. Now Jesus goes to the cross to take away the sins of the world and he's buried at the tomb and he's raised from the dead. That is the gospel, folks, by the way. Jesus died for us so he could give his life to us, so he could transmit his life through us. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Mary, now alone, she was in the garden outside the tomb. Jesus was in the tomb. He had died for our sins. They laid him in the tomb. She saw two angels sitting where Jesus' body had been. Then the risen Jesus approached her. The Gospel of John, 
therefore portrays Mary Magdalene as the first apostle. The apostle sent to the to the apostles. Now get this, get this, folks. Mary Magdalene. The reason why she had seven demons that Jesus casted out previously is because she was a prostitute. And she did this for the family because they had no jobs back then. And she hated what she did. But she had to make money to help feed the family and clothe them and get their needs taken care of. She was the first apostle, the first witness to see the resurrection of Christ. Therefore, Jesus said to her, Go and tell the others about what you've, ex- what you've witnessed. And she went and she rushed back to the other disciples and shared with them that what she had witnessed. Did you see that? Do you see who Jesus picks? He's picked us. The weak, the foolish, the ordinary, the unschooled. We are ministers of this new covenant. That's why the Apostle Paul includes us. He says that life that you were placed in when you were made alive by grace through faith qualified you to be ministers of this new covenant. How can we be sure we are ministers? In other words, how can we be sure who a minister is? A minister of grace. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Is that you? Then you're a minister of grace. Those who are led by the Spirit are children of God. A new creature trusts the Holy Spirit to lead and guide and direct. Direct. When the Holy Spirit directs the new creature... That means he teaches us how to abide and trust in Christ as our life and source to bear his character. Now go out into the world as a new creature in Christ and just trust him. God bless.